Hello and welcome to The Construction Revolution, the podcast that's leading the charge for change in the construction industry. I'm Maria Coulter, the construction coach, and I'm on a mission to bring positive lasting change. As an industry, we're crying out for greater profit margins, cash that actually flows, a more diverse and inclusive culture. We need companies to value themselves and their people. We need greater leadership. We need teams that trust each other and less stress. Oh, and we also have the small matter of the skills gap to solve as well. During this podcast series, I'm going to be talking to pioneers from within our industry who are doing things differently to solve these issues. I'm also going to be bringing you fresh ideas and perspectives from outside of the industry to inspire and guide you in bringing about some much needed change. As Henry Ford said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. It's time for a revolution. Are you ready to join me? Hello, I'm Maria Coulter and thanks for listening to this very first episode of The Construction Revolution. Our guest today is Victoria Knowles-Lacks. Victoria is number one best-selling author, award-winning entrepreneur, founder of the Shotgun and Chelsea Bun Club. And I love the strap line of this. It says, clay shooting events for ladies who have their cake and eat it. Yeah. So cake and shooting, I think, is a very good combination. And you're also a small business coach as well. So thank you so much for um, doing this interview today. And congratulations on your book as well. I think it's oh, Thank you. It's such a privilege to be here. It really is. And thank you for that really lovely introduction as well. <laughs> so can you um, tell us a little bit about yourself, about, um, well, I guess a little bit of the story and how you ended up um where you are now and writing the book as well like what sort of got you to that stage yeah so I've had quite a varied past so um I studied fashion at university in London um and then I had I traveled around Australia for a couple of years and my my proper job was in property so I used to work for Knight Frank the estate agents and country houses residential sales loved it and then when the recession hit I got made redundant and then I got a job at um, a housing portfolio dealing with their compliance and their um like service contracts for things things like fire extinguishers and you know really kind of what i see perceived at the time to be quite boring it, it was just basically just yeah like servicing service contracts lots of spreadsheets lots of red tape wasn't really my bag because i'm very creative um and i got into clay shooting i'm from a very normal background no one in my family shoots just i grew up on a council estate and um, yeah, I just got into clay shooting and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I learned to shoot with a load of very white, very middle-class, lovely gentlemen. And while they were really kind, I just didn't have a Range Rover, I didn't have a black Labrador and I didn't have any of my own property. So I kind of always felt like a little bit of an outsider. And I'd see very occasionally like another woman at a shooting ground and um, she'd be like pressing the button for her husband or she'll just be you know, with her husband. And I just thought we're really bloody missing a trick here. Shooting is an incredible sport and women and men can compete at the same standard and it's all about social and, you know, it really pushes you and tests you. And in 2010, late 2010, I started a blog called Ladies Shooting and I talk about um, you know, where I'd been shooting and like, ammunition and I'd review shooting coats that I'd like bought myself and stuff. Um, and then that, and that kind of grew and I had possibly like 200 Twitter followers. And then September, 2011, I took four girlfriends clay shooting and they'd never, so we'd meet up and do like spa days and stuff or like go to the races, but they, people were a bit like, mm, guns, you know, not really sure. 
So I managed to lure them along with one of my legendary Victoria sponges. <laughs> so I just made Kate basically bribed them to come shooting. And they absolutely loved it. And it like we had a group shooting lesson and we had tea and cake after. And we had the most incredible time. So I um, got home really eager and excited, wrote a blog on lady shooting, sent it out, um, the sent out a tweet. And people were like, oh, can I come shooting with you? Like all these other women. And men were like, oh, my wife would love to come shooting because she comes to one of your events. That was September 2011. October, November 2011, I was in Australia with my sister. I just took some time off work and went and lay on a beach. And I thought, actually, I'm going to, there's something in this. Like, there's women like me that aren't as confident as me that would want to have a go at shooting, but they don't know how to get into it. So I um, had a bit of a brainstorm and um, I got married in January 2012. And I was on, my, on our honeymoon, my husband and I, and um, I said, I'm pretty much going to quit my job this year and just start this ladies' case shooting and cake club. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay, right. Okay. <laughs> so bear in mind, I had like a very good salary at the, the housing place. I had, a, I had flexi time. I had an amazing assistant. I had like 32 days leave and sick pay. I had no savings. I just um, got a car on finance, a really nice car that I couldn't really afford even on the salary I was on. And um, I, I was just so committed, determined, inspired. And I, I kind of had this fire within me that I wanted to help women like me get into shooting and, you know, grow in confidence. And I wanted to provide like network, a network for them and community and opportunities and just see them flourish. So um, so I did. I, I, um, I laid some groundwork. I created the Shotgun and Chelsea Band Club, did a few events at the weekend, and then I quit my day job in June 2012. Um, and since then, um, probably calling it a roller coaster might be a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> so the absolute incredible life changing highs that I've had, and then the absolute like rock bottom, like desperate lows. So it's been phenomenal. So things like we've won 10 awards, I've been on TV a couple of times, someone gave me a free car, <laughs> we did a clothing range, we've been um, in like national and international press, like news and press and like so many amazing things have happened and women have said that it's totally changed their life because they've got these new friends, this new confidence and this new sport. But that, but the reality was like I was doing absolutely incredibly, and the growth was just massive. And because there was nothing for women shooters, there were women who shot like Olympians and game shooters, but there were no, there was no women shooting market. Like we were wearing like small size men men's clothes and stuff, and you know on game shoots, women were a bit like you know just like wives stood behind their husband, just you know telling them they were, they were doing very well. So there was definitely a need for it. And I was very fortunate in that I just ran with it. I found this niche and, and just worked my absolute arse off and created all this success. But behind closed doors, I was just burning out. After, you know, I could never switch off from it. I was working like 12 to 14 hour days. I was like, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't even know what self-care was. So I was drinking a lot of like sugary drinks and eating like breakfast biscuits and like having all the sugar and yeah and it was behind the scenes it was just a mess and um yeah it's it's like I, was, I wasn't productive but I was busy and I, you know people would ask me to go out with them and I'd be like sorry I'm too busy or you know I just couldn't give my focus to anyone but my unless they were in my business which is really sad because my dad got diagnosed with cancer and my dad was like the center of my universe and he was like you know my favorite person ever so so I had all these kind of like mental like battles going on and these struggles and um 
and it was just it was unsustainable and then I kept having I felt like I was just having like blow after blow so we had the cancer thing with my dad which he died in um October 2017 and so not long after he'd been diagnosed um I had I got hit with like a like a game-changing VAT bill so I had to go back registered quite early on because the turnover was high, so high and I had like this amazing growth but how my business model worked was um I for the shooting events so we did like 100 events a year women would come along learn to shoot um and then the we'd work with shooting grounds who provided instructors ammunition guns all that kind of stuff and we provided like this like camaraderie in this this safe space so the shooting grounds charged me a rate per person so it was 30 pounds per person i charge it out at 49 pounds for members or 59 for non-members which is a great margin before like my insurance which is really high the paypal fees website hosting all that kind of stuff but i was getting um charged vat on the whole 59 pounds not just the 30 pounds so obviously it just wasn't sustainable and when i when i set up my business i never in a million years expected it to be like to grow as quick as it did and i didn't really i had i had help in terms of like members who would like help me out with like, admin and stuff but in terms of like mentorship or you know any past experience i just didn't know what i was doing so it just got very very stressful very very quickly and then i was basically just treading water for like a couple of years and we were still growing but every week we'd have all these events on and, and it was basically just me promoting promoting all of these events i was hosting all these events i was away like 40 weeks 40 weekends of the year i was driving over a thousand miles a week and i was it was like i was spinning all these plates and i was keeping them all going but some were starting to fall off and smash and and then my dad died and i was just like I can't keep doing this. This is ridiculous. I oh, know, sorry, it was the year that my dad died. Um, I decided to get some help and I franchise, kind of franchised it out. So I took on this incredible woman called Laura who'd been hosting events for me. And she basically took half of the events off my plate. So from like the middle of the country across East. And that was just incredible. And she handled her own bookings or her own admin, hosted all her events. My workload halved and that was just phenomenal. And it was that it was around that time that I started to um, look after myself a bit more because I kept I literally was just burning out so much. And like, there were times I couldn't even get off the sofa. It was like horrific. And um, yeah, and then I, 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 can't, I like every, like a lot like a lot of people that are into like mindset and like the law of attraction and stuff. I watched The Secret and um, and then things just things just grew, really. Um, my dad had quite a bad we had some a bit of bad news about my dad's cancer uh, one day. Um, and I was in TK Maxx just in the stationery aisle and I saw this gratitude journal and I just bought it and I'd never really been into gratitude and that was like a real like turning point in my life so uh, after this bad news about my dad and like his five-year life expectancy um, halving I yeah I started a little gratitude practice and just started taking time for myself and and actually like over the coming months from just having this focused me time it's like I got like I really struggled with self-worth and and then actually, like I just take time to like realize like what I, what I'd actually achieve because I couldn't see it. People would say like, "Oh my God, Victoria, you know you've like changed an industry," and I just couldn't see it. I was just like, "Oh yeah, you've just been nice." So it was, I started this yeah this daily practice of having time for me, um, and that just grew and grew and grew. So um, I went from having like five minutes at bedtime to just be like, "Yeah, I'm really grateful," you know for you know, still having my dad or my dad got to walk me down the aisle or I'm grateful for like this breakthrough in the business or whatever. And then um, it kind of wasn't enough really. So then I'd be like driving along like to my meetings and I'd be, and then I'd start like talking to myself and I'd be like, I'm so grateful that, you know, my car works and that I'm able to like fill the tank full of 
gas, like fuel and, you know, I'm grateful, you know, it's just like looking for things to be grateful for. So I was, I was kind of um, like formulating this habit of, of gratitude and then I'd start, um, I'd start my day with gratitude and like have like a half an hour practice where I just sit there in silence and, you know, kind of clear my mind. I'd write all these things I was grateful for. I'd set intentions. I'd brought in affirmations and then I started journaling. And then over the course of like a couple of years, it's like everything just changed. Like my whole mindset just changed. And, and instead of just automatically looking for the bad and uh, bad and like accepting the struggle, it's like I'd because I'd given myself time to step away and to appreciate what I'd got and to actually really double down on where I was going. It's like everything just changed. And now I just feel incredible. I've never missed a day's like gratitude <laughs> since I've been doing it. And I have all these little post-it notes all over my office about like things that I'm grateful for. And I'm constantly like bombarding myself with like, like good messages and good news. And, you know, I'm always on Instagram looking at like, you know, quotes and I'm just like it's like now I know that now I've slowed right down I know that I didn't have to go through that whole struggle that I went through and it did get really really bad um and I just know that actually now anything is possible and we don't have to settle and yeah whatever you want to do whatever you want to achieve if, I think as long as you define it then you can totally in, and put your mind to it and make steps to tiny little steps towards it every day it's like you can make anything happen um, you know, for me being a number one best-selling author, is <laughs> my uh, book. If anyone, yes, <laughs> I literally have a copy of my book on my desk, and I look at it every single day. And I just think, you know, I'm so proud. And to me, that's not just being a number one best-selling author. That's never giving up. It's pushing through self-doubt. It's believing in myself. It's, it's I can complete like a massive body of work that will take me like a year and it's like it's a reminder of the dark times and actually if you push through it and always keep going and you know get the help that you need and have a bit of a plan that you can achieve anything uh so yes yeah, so that's kind of me <laughs> <laughs> amazing i mean i really um I really loved your book. There was, there was a lot of it that sort of really resonated with me. Cause I mean, I remember, um, you know, when I started my business in all honesty, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I was so naive. I just knew that I couldn't do what I was doing any longer. I just knew that like, you know, I felt like, you know, I had to, to start my business. Otherwise I would regret it for the rest of my life. Like I felt that kind of calling to, to do it but I didn't have, you know, literally one day I was a project manager and the next day I was a business owner, like, you know, and, uh, and it was just like, well, what do I do now? Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Um, and I was the same, you know, I didn't, you know, have any sort of, um, just, it has, you know, I can understand the whole kind of roller coaster thing. And I think a lot of people can, mm. to be honest, but it's, I think reading your book for me, has already started me to sort of, you know, be more structured in the morning with my time and things like that, because I've been, have been meditating um, for a while and I've been trying to sort of do that every day and I have been journaling as well and, um, and visualizing, but not, um, not in a sort of structured way. And I guess what I'm trying to do now is like bring all of these techniques into the construction industry and this is fluffy stuff like we were talking um before I sort of pressed the record button and you were saying about the similarities between the shooting industry and the construction industry and the fact that um you know it's mostly men 
in the shooting industry, it's mostly men in the construction industry. And the type of stuff that I'm trying to sort of bring in now is stuff that, you know, probably a lot of men in the industry and probably a lot of people as well just haven't thought about, you know, the whole thing about um, gratitude and meditation and um like we did a, a live meditation um a couple of weeks ago in the network with uh, joanna may who's on a mission to bring meditation to construction amazing um so so there's definitely a movement but mm-hmm. um i mean the whole gratitude thing i mean what you know it sounds like that sort of had a that it sounds like to me that was like the catalyst like the game changer when you started looking at all of the things that you were grateful for yeah it was definitely because before i was just focused on i was just focused on lack it was like i had like lack of money lack of time lack of resources lack of like experience but then when i shifted like my perspective to actually you know look how far i've come and look how much i've got and you know look just look at me like i'm killing it (laughs) like when i yeah shifted my view it all just changed it all just changed and i think once you start like just going back to like morning routines and stuff if you start your day like from a place of like oh my god I need to do this this and this today and it's it's kind of sets the tone I think which did for me personally so the whole day I'm feeling rushed and busy and like a little bit out of control whereas if you start your day like quietly and just being like grateful and setting the intention that you're going to have a really good day and like all the things that you're going to get done and how you know wonderful things are then I just think you have a much better day and I think better days lead to better weeks which lead to better months and all of a sudden you know you're a couple of years in before you know it you're just feeling great every day and you're kind of annoying your friends by how positive you are (laughs) and no one can really recognize you anymore (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so I bet a lot of people around you have noticed a big difference definitely yeah and I think a lot of my relationships have really flourished as well because now you know obviously now I've got the benefit of hindsight and I look back and I must have been absolutely intolerable so my parents might have rung me up or my sisters and, you know, and I would have just been like, I can't do it. I'm too busy. You know, leave me be, you know, I've just got to get on with like whatever. Or I have to miss another family party or no, I can't come on holiday with you because I'm busy. But it's like now it's like, because I've totally, ch- you know, and that would have totally affected their moods and like their day and, you know, what was going on with them. But now, yeah, so many of my relationships have just absolutely flourished like, as a result. And my husband, like, he's totally changed as well. And, you know, how like, positive and like, optimistic and like, grateful he is. And, and just open to opportunities as well. Because I think when you, you do like, change like, your vibration, it's, it's like you just get a lot more... Like, like people are just more like, like, receptive to you, aren't they? And they want to be around you. And, and therefore, like, opportunities come. So actually, it's been really great for my business as well yeah it does make a massive difference i noticed the difference with the um whole gratitude thing about three o'clock this morning about it like um how that's influencing my husband because i was like oh i can't get to sleep blah 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 and he was like being really positive and he's like oh you know could be worse and blah 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 and i was like oh do you know what living with a coach is really starting to rub off on him i do his head in like on numerous occasions but but sometimes like he's like really good at sort of like coaching me and he's like, I'm like yeah you're absolutely right Gem, that is, isn't it? absolutely yeah um so it does help massively but I think and also I mean I'm with my clients I'm starting to um to get them to think about visualizing and you know get them to get really clear on what it is they want um I mean there was a 
there was a quote um i think in your book talking about like the, the need for like clear vision and that's something that, that you talk about um because we can just be so busy every day doing loads of different things but if you're not clear about you know where you want to be and you're not going to know sort of what the actions are that are needed to get you there basically no that's it I think if you have like yeah clarity then you can do anything so for a lot of, so when I was like really busy in my busy Chelsea Bun Club days a lot of that busyness wasn't getting me closer to where I wanted to be a lot of that would be like replying to emails as soon as they came in or it would be getting like lost down a bit of a rabbit hole on Twitter and like following like conversations that had nothing to do with me and it was just like busy kind of work, work that kept me busy which wasn't necessarily driving me forward so now um I think you know people think people are a bit scared by visions I think they're like oh god you know I just don't know what I want but you can it doesn't even have to be that big so you could create like a like a smaller vision for like for instance my vision for writing my book like I always knew that I wanted to be a number one best-selling author and I wanted to impact just one person I wanted someone to post a picture of my book in their story on Instagram and just saying what an impact it had and that was my vision so and from there I literally just reverse engineered it and and, and just connected to it every single day. So in my journal, in my affirmations, I'd be like, I'm a number one best-selling author. And they say when you attach like a positive emotion to um, something like a goal or something that you want, it's like you're more likely to like go after it more. So literally, I just literally shut my eyes and just felt like how incredible it would feel to be a number one best-selling author. And and then I just ca- just came back to it every single day and. Um, you know, what I needed to do that day in order to get me a step closer, whether that would be, you know, just writing or whether it would be talking about it on Instagram or whether it would be finding an editor or getting the cover done or, or whatever it would be, like the, just the little, little steps. Because I think if you've got a vision and you take like consistent, li- just little steps every day, if you, you can take massive steps if you want to, but I don't even think it's that big. It's, I think that we can just take little steps and just that's yeah that's how we make it happen sorry it's really uh, cheesy i've just quoted the title of <laughs> <laughs> well no i mean yeah, it's true though yeah well yeah it's your right to do that <laughs> yeah. you have permission um can you can we talk a little bit more about journaling because a thought occurred to me at three o'clock this morning when i woke up i was like i wonder how many men actually journal because i know that um you know we are different men and women are different and um you know I don't know how open or receptive men are to doing things like journaling to writing down your thoughts and in prep I started googling stuff this morning so I googled like do men journal and I actually found um there's a guy called Ollie Applin I don't know if you've ever heard of him so he's produced it's called the mind journal um, and it's a notebook to encourage men to recall their innermost thoughts. So he does it in a really guided and structured way. I found this article on the um, in the Guardian online, so I'm going to put a link um, to it so that um, if there's any men out there sort of thinking, oh, you know, do I want to start journaling like dear diary? I mean, I look back at some of my diaries when I was a teenager, and it's like <laughs> they don't want to journal like that. But tell me a little bit more about. Um, like the journaling and the stuff that you do when you're sort of writing stuff down and how it helps yeah it's it was massive for me because I used to really just bottle up so much of like how I was feeling and 
And then when I had, so it's been really big for me with like doubt and fear, because they were two things that I really struggled with, like self-doubt and like fear of, I, I think it was like fear of judgment I really, really struggled with and, you know, caring a lot about what other people thought. So in my journal, it's, it's been like, and, I, and I'll journal about whatever, whatever I'm thinking about. So I don't go as far as like prompts. I set like prompts for some of my coaching clients if it's new, if it's new, yeah, if journaling is new to them. But um, literally anything. So um, things like, so, oh yeah. So whereas before I'd be like, I can't do that because I don't know what I'm doing or, you know, what, or, you know, I'm not good enough to do that or I'm not, I'm not, you know, whatever to do whatever it is I want to do but I'd explore that in my journal and it's like well I think you know say for instance I'm not I'm not a good enough writer to be an author and then I'd kind of like just be like yeah but Victoria you know because I am I, um, I got a D in GCSE English and I'm terrible at grammar <laughs> and then, so you know that was kind of like my evidence of why I'm not a good author so I kind of explore I'd explore things like that and I'd be like well you know what is my evidence and it's like well I, I was crap at GCSE English and I'm, I'm not very good at grammar and it's like well that's not really any evidence is it at all so and I'd kind of like get to the bottom of it and, and then I you know I realized that it was just the fear of putting myself out there and, and kind of like getting uh, and other people just saying you know like what what you've written a book like you've got a shooting club like what the hell are you doing and you've written a book about mindset and it's so it's kind of it was like a space for me to just really like unravel my feelings and I like to really get to the bottom of things now so instead of like if I just think I can't do that whereas before I used to think oh my god I couldn't do that actually but now I, yeah, it's like now I've, I've got this space to really, you know, examine like how and why I'm feeling like that. So that's been really powerful for me. Um, I use it. So if I feel like someone's triggered me in, you know, whatever it is, I don't know if someone says something that triggers me, like I'll always just journal it. If my, I'll talk, talk through things with my husband. I'm very lucky that he's, you know, he, he's great like that. Um, but yeah, I like, to, yeah, I use it to like get to the bottom of things and like explore how I'm feeling, but I'll use it um, like in a positive way as well. So if I'm looking forward to something or, you know, if I'm excited about something with my, like, I just keep using the example of my book, but I'd be like, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to like being, you know, an author and like to actually physically have a copy of my book in my hands and, you know, that kind of thing and kind of like build a bigger picture of something to be excited about and, yeah all sorts of things really just really whatever's coming up for me I'll like journal around it and it's absolutely fascinating if you just like write and just like disengage your brain just literally let the pen write like what the kind of breakthroughs that I've had and like the realizations and just and the great ideas as well there's something so incredible about just but yeah literally putting pen to paper and just letting it all kind of like flow out yeah it's true I mean quite often I'll like ask myself a question and then I'll kind of get like a response if I kind of just yeah. quiet in the mind um you know some something gem like will, will come out and I'm like oh okay yeah that makes sense yeah it's incredible isn't it but if yeah you, unless you give yourself that time and that peace it's like you, you might not you know it might take you another year to come to that like realization or whatever it's so true uh, the other thing that well there's so many things that um in the book but you talked a lot about reframing um, you know, there's a lot of um, negativity in the construction industry. There's a lot of fear. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about, you know, reframing and, and how that sort of helped for you? Yeah, definitely. So I've got um, a little, I, I love that you've read my book. Thanks. <laughs> I've got this little analogy, as you, as you all know, in my book, where I go for a walk every single day. I start my day with a walk and my little morning routine. And one day I stood up, there's a bridge on this like country estate where I walk through and I was looking one day and I just felt like a lot of resistance. So there were all these like rocks and there's a little bit of a weir and the water was like 
my the water's like crashing down it was quite frantic and my gaze was always against the water so the water's coming down and I'm looking at it and and it was all a bit splashy <laughs> messy and then one day I looked the other way I looked downstream so the water was just flowing away there wasn't you know the kind of like chaos of like the upstream and the splashing and the weir and the rocks and stuff and it was just totally peaceful and I just had this like realization and I just thought like oh god all I had to do was turn around like so instead of just yeah fighting against this kind of current I guess it was like I just literally looked the other way and everything just flowed and it was just I just had a real sense of ease so now I so I was just oh my god that's like life-changing that I just realized this or it was for me um and then I just thought god I can like put this into practice in like so many areas of my life and where things are like difficult or hard or you know I was going through grief at the time like with my dad still I'm you know grief's obviously very like ongoing but it's like, yeah, if you just look, look at something in another way, something that feels uncomfortable or hard or difficult or just not quite right, then you can just have a totally different experience and you just don't have to settle with, you know, hard feelings or, you know, as in the examples. So, um, like with my book, <laughs> it could be like, oh my God, it's rubbish. What if I, you know, no one likes it? What if people laugh? You know, what if it just totally bombs and it's rubbish? But then actually, if I thought, well, this could be like a, a turning point for me. This is, you know, it could be a real pivot. It could be the best thing I've ever done. It could really impact people's lives. And then th those feelings obviously just feel incredible and just felt a lot more comfortable. And actually, that's how I'm actually feeling. Because I looked at it another way and I thought instead of thinking, oh, my God, I feel really insecure about it. I, I felt like really empowered and like I could help people. And that actually it would be really good. So as a result, I started taking action that reflected what I was feeling like on the inside about it. And then I strengthened it in my journal and visualization and stuff. And yeah, literally all it takes is to look another way. And sometimes you might not be able to see the other way on your own. So therefore you have to journal or talk to someone about it. But, you know, there's, there are lessons in everything. And there's always there's always another way, I believe, no matter how difficult or horrendous things are. An example when my dad died. So you know like it was horrible it was absolutely like like horrific like as anyone will know that, that has lost someone they loved in a really like horrible way like cancer but actually I chose to look at it as I, obviously you know I felt the feelings and stuff I'm not saying I just totally like glossed over my grief but I chose to look at it in a way that if my dad hadn't died then the, I probably wouldn't have written a book because I would have just carried on doing what I was doing before or you know that actually yeah my dad died when he was 61 in a really like horrific way but actually I'd had six like I, I was 34 when he died I'd had like 34 incredible years of just having this amazing role model and man to just who just loved me so much and I loved him so much back and 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 that yeah he suffered but actually I learned so much about like resilience and tenacity and just how he faced his illness so incredibly bravely and in this amazing courageous way and so I chose to look for things like that instead of thinking you know like woe is me I don't have a dad anymore and like blah 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 and so so yeah so reframing has been so powerful for me in like all areas of my life as well so yeah I definitely recommend it just literally just 180 whatever your problem is and find a, a way that feels more comfortable and work life like your life depends on it towards that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, and I, I mean, I was talking to um, one of my clients the other day. So I'm coaching a woman in Africa at the moment, and um, 
it's just it's a tough environment that she's that she's building a business in you know she's building a construction business in Africa basically um and I guess you know we talked about the upstream and the downstream I think because she's kind of like thinking oh I've got to figure out everything myself and all of that and and I guess I'm talking more and more about um you know you talk called it sort of more of attraction you know whether you believe in God or the universe or or whatever I, I mean I think there's definitely like a some sort of power greater than us that you can kind of tap into that you can sort of um belief isn't it belief yeah it's that belief and that faith um you know i think when i'm reading books i like to um to highlight um things you know and and i reflect back and one of them was uh keeping the faith is key the faith and knowing that a month or a year from now you'll be in a totally different place that's such a comforting thought you know to think that you can like you can bring in these little changes now and if you've got faith that you know you feel that things are going to work out that you just know that things are going to work out yeah. um and that's work that I've been doing on myself and that's work that I'm bringing into working with my clients is just you know have that faith that things are working out you know um and and that belief I think yeah that's it and I think I think if things are going really bad for you, like with me and my struggle and, you know, like losing my dad, et cetera, things, things evolve as well. So, you know, something could happen, like, I don't know, your business could go bankrupt or something, or, you know, you could be really close to the edge, which in a place where I've been like several times, I've never gone bankrupt, but very close. Um, but literally like a day can make such a difference and like a week can take such a difference. And something that seems so like horrific and so final in the moment yeah literally like the next day or the next week it could be entirely different so I think always just keep in mind that things evolve and and nothing ever really is final and and even when things are final and and horrendous like losing my dad that actually life does go on and great things can happen as a result so yeah just it's kind of trusting in that and yeah having that belief and kind of like surrendering to it really that everything will always be all right in the end I think yeah surrender is like really important I mean I found the bit like you know when you talked about your dad passing away I found that very moving and it got you know because you think about your own parents and you know my mum sort of not very well and, and stuff like that at the moment but you kind of I think reading that it like it does give you comfort that that you can look at things in a different way and you know you will sort of like get through things so thank you for sharing that in the book Oh, thank you for highlighting it. Yeah, that was really like cathartic writing that chapter. Yeah. And the perspective I did I did get from, you know, literally watching my dad die was phenomenal, really. And it was like a real gift to, to have been there and to have experienced like all the love that was, you know, around him. And yeah, it was, it was so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you felt like that when you, you know, you, that definitely came through when, you know, reading it. Oh. Um, so I just wanted to um, talk a little bit because I'm, well, I'm conscious of time and, you know, we could talk for ages, but obviously we won't because you've got lots of other stuff to do. Um, what I really liked about your book as well was the massive practical section at the end that really kind of, it's already made me think differently about my business because, um, you know, when, you, when you're when building a business, you just kind of like, you learn stuff as you go along and and you kind of just you go with the flow but then sometimes you just need to take a step back and reflect and think well 
I'm probably not as structured as I could be. I could be doing things differently here. And what I liked about um, the last section of the book was the fact that you really go into the analysis of your business and get people to reflect on, like, how much time are they spending here? Like, how how could you quantify that time in cost? Mm. You know, where should you be focusing your time and energy? Where could you outsource? But also getting people to think about the processes and procedures side of things, like how can you start to bring some tech in? How can you automate things? Like when you went through that with your business, what difference did that make for you? It was massive, absolutely massive. So it was from my, like, as you'll know from reading my book, it was like my last ever episode of Burnout that I decided to just change my ways and I couldn't go on anymore with the way the Chelsea Band Club was going. And it's just kind of grown and grown. But even just going through that process, just it just made, just made me feel so much lighter and so much more capable and... And that actually life totally is for living and it's not to be, you know, bent over your laptop like 14 hours a day, just, you know, just dying. <laughs> like it's really not. It's So when I kind of made the decision that I was going to work more than I live, so now, as you know, I only work six hours a day maximum. Some days I don't even work at all, which is very fortunate, but, you know, it's, I've worked very hard to work this little, <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, just just knowing that my business can be growing because of things like automation, just knowing that I can, you know, be off spending time with my family because I've, I've taken the time to streamline it as well. And, and because, you know, and just knowing that when I'm working, I'm like hyper productive and hyper focused and I'm getting big things done every single day because I've taken the time to get organized and yeah. And just doing away, like having the confidence to do away with like long winded processes and stuff in my book, obviously I talk about like my membership process for the, the Chelsea Bone Club and, you know how like monotonous it was like it was necessary but yeah I, I just knew that that had to be changed and yeah and it's kind of yeah just having the confidence and keeping in mind what was really important and to me especially after losing my dad it was it was just living my life was just more important than you know prattling about with things that didn't actually need to be doing <laughs> yeah definitely there's because there's a lot in there about um you know perspective and um I mean, I think the big changes, I mean, I'm definitely going to be sort of reviewing my processes and procedures. Um, one of the big changes I've made already is um, I've started leaving my phone like in places where I can't get to it because I've got into a terrible habit. You know, yes, I would sort of be doing the meditation and writing and stuff, but also one of the first things I would be doing was having a look at my phone mm. and looking at social media and things like that. Um, and that it kind of crept into my quiet time in the morning was like phone time mm. um and so I've started like I don't I leave my phone like I just okay. I don't take it with me when I'm you know I've got my journal I've got my kindle if I'm reading you know I can do some meditation and things like that and that's made a big difference because I think I think I've realized it's like you know when you um especially when you're starting a network like this and you, you start in a Facebook group and you're doing stuff online and you're putting out posts on social media, it's dead easy to fall into that habit of, oh, I wonder how many people have liked my post and I wonder how many people have watched my video. And, and if they haven't, it's like, does nobody care? Do you know what I mean? And, um, and so I think it's sort of remembering that, you know, social media are tools for getting messages out there and, it's important to sort of have that structure and that plan for social media, but it's just dead easy to get caught up on Insta stories is my latest addiction. <laughs> Mine too. I know. Um, so yeah, so that's definitely a big, um, 
a big one for me at the moment from reading your book. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, you'll get to the point soon, hopefully, where you'll leave your phone downstairs when you go to bed. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I do do that sometimes, but it just depends what time my husband's getting up in the morning because he sometimes gets up after me. <laughs> Bless him. But yeah, oh God, the phone thing, that's something I'm battling with at the moment. I'm not battling with, but that's, that's an area at the moment that I'm having to like really, really think about because I've just been like on my phone. So with like launching my book, obviously yeah. I just reply and like thank everyone for every message. And literally as soon as notifications come in, I'm replying to them. And I never used to do that. And I, and I haven't done, well, I got back on it yesterday, but I do all these screen free challenges. I've got an app called Realized and, um, yeah, I was just kind of like the last week or so, I've just been like a real sod for just being on my phone all the time. So yeah, today, so I've actually left my phone in the kitchen and in my little office in the garden and I won't check it now until about 12 and then I'll have a look at it later on. Cause it's just, otherwise it's just, it, like you say, it's just out, get out of control and then makes you away from what really matters whether that's like people that you're with like for instance my sister was down at the weekend with her two kids and then I'm like determined not to be on my phone in front of her kids and just give full attention and be present and and then you know do meaningful work that's going to make an impact on what I'm doing or or whatever and not you know bloody checking every Facebook and whatever yeah I know I know definitely so finally um just to wrap up can you tell us about your pineapples that sounds like a fun yeah. question but it, obviously there's a pineapple on the front of your book there's pineapples <laughs> behind you and I don't really understand the link between the pineapples my house is just full of pineapples so um there's no particular reason really other than I like pineapples ah. you know how um some people like the, the smell of like freshly cut grass reminds them of like their childhood or whatever Pineapples just remind me of like being on a holiday and being happy and I'm obsessed with the Caribbean like my husband and I that's like our favorite place in the world and then we just eat a lot of pineapples over there and it just reminds us of that and I just think they're awesome like they're they're like you know sweet and juicy and I've got a crown on as well it's like a bit tough on the outside but like soft on the middle and yeah I just like them and they just they look awesome and you know the Victorians they were really into them weren't they and it's a sign of like abundance and prosperity ah yeah well, see, for me, it's hairs. I love hairs. I've got a sparkly green hair here. Well, thank you so much for um, for taking the time. It's been brilliant talking to you, you. and meeting you online for the first time. Online bestie. <laughs> yeah, it's been brilliant talking to you. A big thank you to Victoria Knowles Lax for sharing her thoughts and insights on how to make it happen. If you'd like to find out more about Victoria, you can visit her website www.victorianolslax.com or follow at Chelsea Bun Club on social media. I'd also like to give a massive thank you to you for taking the time to listen to this first episode of The Construction Revolution. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a lovely five-star review and rating so that it makes it easier for others to find us on the podcast charts. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can follow at Construct Coach on Twitter and Construction Coach on Facebook and Instagram as well. Next week, we're going to be talking to Kevin Murray, author of People with Purpose, how great leaders use purpose to build thriving organisations. So I do hope you'll join me for that one as well. Until next time.